This is Steve O'Hare, uh, I'm a tech journalist at TechCrunch, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, uh, it's Paul Kemp. So this is the show where we get founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, we deconstruct their uh, their journey, their app journey to uh, help us in our own app journeys. It, it's an inspirational show. We've had many people listening who have gone on to do great things and uh, start their own companies, uh, leave a corporate environment and uh, just uh, maybe go traveling. It's so it's a wonderful show, so very relevant uh, if you're into app entrepreneurship. Uh, now, uh, before I introduce my guest today, I do want to thank uh, the sponsors of the show. Uh, the longest running sponsor I have is Gummy Cube. They continue to sp- support us, and so I just want to mention uh, that uh, Gummy Cube uh, is uh, app store optimization experts. If you haven't checked them out yet, please do go to gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com, and uh, get your app uh, f- sort of uh, in high up in uh, Apple App Store by using Gummy Cube. Thanks to those guys for sponsoring the show. Uh, let me introduce uh, today's guest. Uh, his name is uh, Alex Austin, and he's here to talk about Branch.io, which is extremely relevant for us for indie app developers. So uh, let's find out about Branch.io. Alex, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share my story. Yeah, we'd love to hear your story. Well, let's start from the start. How about, uh, how, how did you found, found the company? You know, let's, let's go back to the beginning. And um, just before you set up Branch.io, uh, you, you had the idea to take us back to that part of the journey uh, as you were setting it up. I mean, it's it's been almost, I mean, looking back now, um, Branch's over a hundred employees. Uh, we've grown so dramatically. We're in tens of thousands of apps and I'll explain a little bit more about what we do later. Um, and, uh, like it's, it's honestly the most successful thing that I've ever been a part of, but the road has been paved with a lot of failure. And I don't think we'd be who we are or working on what we are today if we hadn't gone through a lot of those pains. Um, just a, a quick, quick background, and I can share a little bit more of the story. Um, I'm an engineer by trade. I was um, started actually a very different um, path than software engineering. Not involved in mobile at all. I was actually a, a device physicist um, focused on semiconductors. So the uh, you know designing the type of material that would go into the chips that would power a phone is was more my expertise. Um, and spent most of my early part of my working career like doing material science rather than programming. But programming was always a hobby of mine. I was always enthralled uh, with this concept that like I could identify a problem that people have, you know, in their daily life through um, just repetitive tasks that they have to, you know, regularly do or, you know, sort of boring things that just require a lot of manual labor that I could automate completely with software. And the idea of being able to just like, you know, turn human functions into software programs was always just like a really captivating concept. And I was always really proud of the things that I would create. Um, When I saw the, you know, uh, iPhone and Android phones start to take off, 
it was just like something about it just drew me towards it. I think it was more the fact that you could write a piece of code, like write some software, build an app, and deploy it overnight to a platform that accesses billions of people was something that, like, I don't know, I, I couldn't, like, stop thinking about. I had to be involved in it. And um, just through a couple different, uh, like, last company, I was in a startup, failed, and I had the opportunity to really make a career change. I decided I'm just going to dive headfirst into app development. I'd never written an app. Uh, I had no idea, you know, Android Studio or Xcode. I had no idea what I was doing. But I convinced my parents to let me live rent-free in my old room and until I would just figure all this stuff out. And so it was just a crash course in, like, self-taught app development, um, you know, to start getting familiar with the whole ecosystem, how to build products, what do customers want, all that kind of stuff uh, over the, I think, about three years. And um, ultimately what happened with Branch is we, I, I built this tool to help us market our app that we were working on before, and the tool actually started growing faster than the app. And so we decided actually to sell off the app that we were working on at the time and focus on the tool. And um, that was about almost three years ago now. And uh, Branch has just been exploding. So, well, well, I'll tell you, Alex, this is so inspirational. The reason is that there's a lot of um, app developers, startup founders, you know, entrepreneurs that listen to this show, and are getting quite, um, in in a way, disappointed with maybe their success. And it's just lovely to hear that you came into the uh, the whole game and this tool. You know, three years, a hundred employees. It's incredible. I mean, how to talk about the pivot? Because pivoting is a very big theme on this show, and you've obviously pivoted from the app to the tool. How how can we learn from you in terms of like the success of that pivot and the, the decisions you had to make during the pivot? I I think it all. So pro- probably most everybody who you know goes down this path has some some technical background. You know, some familiar, like probably an engineer. Um, I want to write a I want to write a blog post about this because I think this is a, a really interesting subject that people haven't covered. I'm convinced that the mobile app ecosystem and like mobile development have the largest percentage of like non classically trained uh, software developers of any other platform, just because it's so accessible to you know have an idea and start building something right away with all the documentation and the tooling and everything to help you get started. Um, so. Like the, the evolution that I think is incredibly important for you who might come in, a, approach building a product the same way that I did. From my perspective, I was, what's an interesting problem that hasn't yet been solved that I think I can solve? And so it was like, what is like looking for a combination of like uniqueness plus, you know, um, Issue, like technical issue or user issue or something like that, that I thought would, you know, then just based on those two facts alone, become a really successful product. Over time, I think over the three years of me just building app after app, product after product, I started to realize that there's actually so much more to it. And it's, it's very nuanced. And you don't really understand it if you are just classically trained as like an engineer. If you think about it as like, you know, 
problem, I have a solution, it should be a big product, like that doesn't work. It's more nuanced about like how does that person who has that problem, how do they want to solve it? What are they doing today to try to solve it? And how, what can you build to fit within their daily workflow to like actually solve it while not being too much of an inconvenience compared to what they're doing already? And so there's a lot more nuance actually about how you adapt the product idea that you have to the particular customer. So I'll give some examples. Um, the first product that I built, I think, is the perfect definition of like, you know, engineer approaching building product. So I had, I hated uh, sitting at lights. Like, you know, you, you're driving to work or whatever, and uh, I'm a super impatient person. And I, some, there are a couple lights on my path where if you hit them right when they turn red, you ended up sitting for like eight minutes. And I was so angry sitting at a light for eight minutes. I was like, I've got to figure out how, like when I can leave my house so that I always hit the greens. <laughs> and I had, an, I, I had this idea that like if I could build an app that would be running on everybody's phone, I could basically crowdsource all this data about when the lights were green and red and then map exactly the timings of when you should leave your home to get to your destination, hitting as many greens as possible. So like an optimization problem. Um, and so I'm like, this is going to be a massive, it's going to be a huge product. Like everybody's going to do it. It solves a huge pain point that everybody has. I have the solution. And so I built this thing. Uh, I called it Open Road and um, launched the app. And of course, like nobody used it. And, you know, therefore I didn't have any data. So it was basically just me driving arbitrary, you know, routes, trying to crowdsource my own platform's data with nobody else. And so like the, basically the product didn't work. And I think, you know, it sounds really silly the way I describe it, of course, but I think a lot of it's a tendency for a more engineering minded folks to approach problems in the same way of like, I have a solution. Let's just like build this thing and address that, that, that problem that I'm trying to solve. And then it'll just work. But you don't, I, when I made the mistake, like I didn't accu accurately take into account what does it require for somebody to like join the platform? Like, how am I going to actually get them to open it up every single time they get in their car and start driving so that they crowdsource the data? You know, like, how do I fix this? You know, um, uh, you know, the cart before the horse, like I don't have the data, so there's no value of the product. And so the, like all these little details are essential to actually building a successful business. But, you know, coming at it from a, like a, you know, zero product background and a purely engineering background, I didn't think about it. This is fascinating, Alex, because I, I, I mean, in a way you're touching a, a lot of the uh, pain points that I think many of us feel, certainly listening to this, the Appster tribe, in that uh, what I'm learning from you is that, you know, problem solving is incredibly important. It's, again, another huge theme from all the founders I've had, 500 plus founders on this show. But you've got to almost um, interject some level of uh, demand or uh, like marketing or traction. I guess like you've, you, you didn't get the traction on that particular idea. And maybe it would have been quicker to what, just quickly test that and figure out figure out whether people were using it, you know, and doing an MVP before throwing everything into into that particular problem. Yeah, it's it's really the customer aspect of it. It's like, how well 
So, you know, that original idea was premised on the fact that I could get a bunch of random people to open up the app every day and cr like crowdsource this data. That's the, like, so I solved the original, I had an idea to solve the original problem of like lights, but to make it a business, the, then the problem shifts to how do you get customers to adopt it? And so you need to, like, I didn't adequately take that into account while building out that early version of the product. And I'd say the three years of building, I think I built probably over 10 different apps. I just slowly and brutally through continued failure, just realized the error of my ways by not properly recognizing what does it require a customer to do to actually start using this product? Like put myself in their shoes and really understand like their pain points. You know, they like in, in that particular case, it's um, somebody that woke up late, their alarm, they slept through their alarm. They're, you know, they got an, an angry email from their boss. They're sweating. They didn't get to eat any food. They're running out to their car like as fast as they possibly can. And, you know, now they're supposed to open up the app like that. Like it's never going to happen. And so, <laughs> well, it like, does for ways. They, they figured it out. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, let's deconstruct your journey because this this is an absolutely fascinating discussion. I'm loving uh, hearing the things that you've learned along the way. And. Uh, you know, so obviously you've um, migrated from the building apps to um, having tools uh, to help developers. And, and it's almost like I think of the gold rush and it's the people that made all the money were the ones that made the shovel and spades um, instead of like the, the actual gold hunters. So you're... We didn't make any money, it, but yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're basically switched to helping those who are developing apps. Um, and, and so yeah. how did... To, to deconstruct that part of it, how did that switch happen? What's the tool and and then what happened after that? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, like, so uh, again, worked on you know ten different apps. The most successful thing that we built was actually a uh, a photo book uh, making app. So you could use photos on your phone, design a photo book, and order it, and then we would handle all the logistics of printing and shipping to deliver it to your house. Um, so that was like the core product, and we had a bigger team working on it. We raised a little bit of money, and we were actually making some money, and it was like not enough to you know make us like wealthy, but enough to pay rent. Um, and so that was like the the product. I think it was what what happened with that, and this led to the transition to what branch is, is we were doing so much to try to grow it. We were working our butts off, like doing the most ridiculous things trying to get more people to download and engage with our product. Like at one point, um, one of us actually was just like standing on a street, just poking people, asking them to install. Uh, we were just so desperate for growth. And one of the, the tools that we felt like we were always lacking and we built kind of like a hack uh, was really just like a linking tool. It was a tool where if we were doing a social campaign, um, if we were built, if we built like a viral feature or a referral program, or um, you know, send an email out, everything about all those promotions had one thing in common: they all had links, and the links were meant to, when clicked, you know, open up the app if it was installed, or if it wasn't installed, go back to the App Store or the Play Store, and there was all these like different technical implementations of how to do that redirection properly, depending if it was clicked from Facebook or Twitter or email or whatever. 
Um, and we ended up spending a ton of time just building all these these like link situations to give users a good experience. And then we, we also focused uh, very heavily uh, on the user experience. So like, for example, one of the things that I was just um, obsessed about creating was a, a really kind of like a Dropbox style referral program for our photo book app. So if in Dropbox, if you guys are familiar, you get a referral link and you send it to a friend and that friend clicks on it, then goes to Dropbox and you guys both get free space. I wanted that same thing for photo books. So you'd get a discount and the referrer would get a discount and the referee would get a discount. But I didn't want like referral codes. I hated the concept that you had to like memorize a referral code that was like a random string of characters and then type it in once you install the app. I wanted a user to get that link, click on it, install the app, and have the referral codes automatically applied. And so we had to figure out how to basically pass that referring information from that link through the App Store and Play Store to properly do that automatic attribution and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we built this really complex linking system, uh, and we were the only we were the users of it. So like you know we had all these different APIs, easy ways to create links, like um, you know classes to handle all that personalization when the user showed up for the first time, uh, all this stuff to just support our own use cases. So from our perspective, like we were the best customer. Uh, then what happened is we entered in this incubator after we had graduated, um, long story, but we did some grad school and stuff, uh, but I'll skip over that. Um, yeah, what, what was the incubator? Yeah, so it was a, it's an incubator called StartX. It's in uh, Palo Alto uh, in California. And um, there were a bunch of other apps in our batch. So like the uh, Periscope app was in our batch <laughs> and there were a, a whole number of other ones. Um, wow. And they saw, so they saw us using this tool and they wanted to use it too. And so, like, from our perspective, like, we had already built this thing for ourselves. So, you know, hearkening back to uh, the, like, you know, light timing app where I was building for a customer that I'd never interacted with. Um, I was trying to, you know, build it for myself, but, like, it wasn't me alone that could make it successful. We had built a product for ourselves where it was, like, very, very valuable to us. And so as other developers started to onboard, like we knew exactly the problems they were facing. We knew exactly how they were going to create links, um, what types of user experiences they wanted to create. And so it was very easy for us to design the product for that person. And so like, I think it was a huge difference from where, you know, I was three years prior where like, I had no idea what this customer needed to start using the product versus like, I am the customer of this product Therefore, I know exactly what's required. And honestly, that's the only reason that I attribute to the success is that like small difference is like you, I, we were the best customer and we were able to build it for ourselves and use it and get a lot of value. So we knew everybody else would. Um, so it's that customer understanding. Yeah, what a wonderful st uh, story. And, you know, what I've learned from that, and I guess what the apps to try are picking up is that 
just keep showing up and building stuff and and then uh, follow the success and the i mean uh, you know we never know that i mean it sounds like the difference between success and failure there was was quite small but uh, because you kept uh, on and on and, and and trying to solve the problems then you know ultimately succeeded you know also, i think that's the biggest most important point just keep building is what i, I always keep, say keep building you know, like yeah, just don't give up. You you will find something. It's going to take time. It took me 10 different products, 10 failures in a row. But, you know, and I can't say that Branch is massively successful, but it's the it's so far the most successful thing that I've been a part of. Um, and hopefully it continues to be so. Well, well I would say, um, I mean, just the fact that you've got so many people employed that, uh, you know, it, it has been extremely successful. Now, we're going to deconstruct that part as well. Uh, some of the challenges you had to face then when you were just exploding and, and, uh, and uh, having to grow. Um, but just before I do, I did want to speak uh, about Gummy Cube for one minute. Uh, they do support the show. And uh, have you heard of Gummy Cube at, at all, uh, Alex? Yeah, I have. Oh, cool. Okay, well, um, I mean, uh, Dave Bell came on a few years ago, in fact, and uh, liked the show and decided to support us and has uh, since uh, been supporting us. Um, as you know, uh, I don't know whether you've used them, but um, they do a lot of app store optimization. They're completely obsessed with uh, ASO, and uh, they actually have something called DataCube, which uh, pulls the data from the app stores uh, so they're not scraping the web uh, for the data, which is um, you know the wrong way of doing it. And uh, the, what you can do is you can go and um, uh, see some of their case studies on their website, and uh, they can then do some assessments on the best keywords for you to use. Uh, and ultimately, it's uh, about uh, showing up in the app store, uh, and when people type your keyword, that you show up higher in the rankings. And uh, we know that uh, the, the top one, two, three are the apps that are always downloaded when um, keyword searches so um gummy cube it's gummy cube g-u-m-m-i-c-u-b-e gummycube.com hey look thanks gummy cube for continuing to support this show um so alex in the in the last uh five ten minutes that we have together i would love to know then you um you hit this uh, uh successful um streak and then uh, i'm assuming it was a a fairly smallish startup at the time, but then you had to start hiring people. Well, what were the biggest um, pain points you felt as you then started to grow to ultimately the size you are now? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so per personally, I think uh, there's been a number. Um, I think the top two for for me first were was hiring what the first one was hiring um hiring people is a really hard process i'm uh, and probably most folks out there that are you know th thinking of building products or building apps like i'm an introvert and uh don't particularly like you know spending a lot of time talking to people um, and hiring can be a very painful process for people like us. Um, at one point, I had about 20 different recruiting agencies um, scheduling time automatically on my calendar to have 30-minute phone screens with candidates, and there were times where I had back-to-back, uh, -back, I think, 14 to 15 phone screens with new different people, for different roles that we were hiring for. And um, 
if you've ever tried to just do back to back, you know, tell the exact same story of the company for, you know, 15 times in a row to 15 different people, um, you know, all day, <laughs> then every day for five months straight, uh, <laughs> as and where you don't actually particularly like socializing too much. It's a, it's a very, very emotionally draining experience. Um, so we're very fortunate that, you know, we've like, like that, those days are over and now we get a lot of inbound and, you know, it's not as hard as it was when you're five people trying to convince some, you know, high quality candidates that you're worth taking a bet on. Um, but it, uh, that was definitely an extremely challenging experience. The, yeah, what was the other one then? You mentioned two and yeah. So the second one, second one was around scaling. Um, so the way that our service works, it's, uh, requires a very in-depth integration with apps. So every time the app opens up, we get pinged and for a request. And then every time it closes, we get pinged. And every time links get clicked, we get pinged. And um, we now deal with about 4 billion requests <laughs> per day across our APIs. Right. And um, when we first built it, it was, you know, like the first SDKs were a couple classes that I had written for our app that had no documentation the API and the link service were baked into our existing product. They weren't like separate things. And scaling from that to 4 billion requests, um, you know, a day has been a monumental task. Uh, a lot of very late nights, no weekends, just, you know, um, a lot of pages, 3 a.m. pages when you know, traffic up, ticks up and suddenly one of the services uh, crashes or whatever and you've got to get up and restart it or do, you know, whatever. All the things that are required to scale from um, kind of your small MVP product to a really high volume enterprise service. And so fortunately, we're now at the point like, you know, we onboarded a Tinder um, a couple months ago, which is uh, surprisingly a very, very popular app still. Uh, and they, like, we didn't even bat an eye. It was a very easy, easy thing. Whereas before we'd add, you know, even a smallish app and we would be scrambling like crazy. It was a, you know, fi fire alarm for the first couple of weeks trying to just keep the systems up. Um, so that I could talk at length about the, the details of that, but that was a hard one. So it's interesting, you know, hearing like the t sort of challenges you have. And I guess it's challenges that um, actually a lot of the uh, founders and uh, app entrepreneurs listening would, would love. Uh, uh, you know, uh, also the one thing I was surprised you didn't mention is funding because you had oh, obviously yeah. funding to uh, like recruit and expand and scale. Uh, but was that a fairly easy path for you then? Or was that pretty challenging? So like, this is another, uh, another thing I like to say. So, you know, um, I am so happy that we have these problems there. You know, I, I com it sounds like I'm complaining about them, but uh, contrast that with our photo book app before. Um, I, I think I realized right before we saw Branch start to take off that it wasn't going to be the big business that we had hoped. Um, I had actually pitched about 50 different investors on the photo book app 
and gotten no's from every single one. And at that point, we had been working on the app for close to about a year. Um, and honestly, like I, I did all the customer support. I knew all, a lot of our customers by name. Um, it was a very emotional experience for me to come to terms that this product wouldn't be all that I thought it would and that I'd eventually have to let down all these people that had depended on us. Um, like there was a point where I had trouble getting out of bed. It was just like I was so depressed that it wasn't going to work. Um, and just the through you know what feels like sheer luck uh, more than anything, uh, we got these really positive signs from the market that branch was a real thing that people wanted you know to use and um, to contrast that failed fundraising where I pitched fifty different investors, I went out to fundraise for the series seed like basically right when you know when we're about five people um, we'd only had a couple apps on board it, but there were a lot of excitement around the company, a lot of promises to integrate soon, all that kind of stuff. Like there seemed to be a good trajectory. And I went from start of fundraise to term sheet in three days. There was so much excitement about the product. And so like for me, you know, knowing what hard, <laughs> what hard fundraising is like to go through that just continued nose and just like have start to doubt whether you're doing the right thing because other people aren't seeing it. It's just, I, I can't claim to say that we've ever had a hard time because I know what that, what it really is like when it's hard. So we've been very, very fortunate that the story, the product, the, like the, you know, the adoption numbers, everything that we have supports an easy fundraising process. So, but I am going out for the series C relatively soon and the market is definitely a lot more conservative than it was a couple of years ago. So maybe ask me that same question in about three months, and then I might have a completely different answer for you. You know, it's so inspiring listening to Alex, and uh, sadly we've got to wrap it up. And I just wondered, like, for those listening, who are the best people then to be um, visiting Branch? What sort of uh, customers are, uh, and uh, type of customers are you looking for? Yeah, I mean, so the way we've thought about Branch um, is really a developer tool. We have a whole set of enterprise products um, that we sell into large companies like an Amazon or a Target or um, you know Walmart or those types of companies, and they pay a lot of money for it. But fundamentally, in our roots, we're that we're the developer who you know just launched, like working from the bedroom. Maybe it's a side project we're trying to build a successful business. That's where we started. And so we give away all of our uh, basic products for free. So you can use the SDKs, create links, get full attribution, everything for free. Um, and if, you know, once you start making a lot of money, you've actually, you know, used the product successfully and grown your app, then you can start paying us some money and, you know, paying back your debt. But in the meantime, you know, access it for free. Uh, the way I describe it is it's kind of like, AWS for links. If there are links pointing back to your app, if you're doing viral sharing or referrals, if you're doing app install ads, um, you know, so you're trying to build a community via Facebook or Twitter, you're putting links in all those messages. Those should be branch links and they should be deep links that point back to pages in your app. 
So I think the more technical product manager um, or engineer who's thinking about, you know, building out cool user experiences on top of deep linking, definitely a candidate. If you're a marketer who wants to measure and attribute your campaigns to see how effective they are at driving growth, um, you can, you know, do that as well. So honestly, like, a, you know, an Airbnb uses us and there's 47 people at that company that use us on a regular basis from marketing to engineering to product. So um, really, there's value for everybody. It's like, it's hard to describe one particular use case, but if it's links, it should be branch. So that's my general summary. And Alex, I love the way you, you said it's AWS for links. And I feel like a, a lot of uh, us need to have those kind of strap lines, taglines to explain what we do. You just almost, you get it instantly. Uh, Alex, it's been so inspiring. How best can people reach out and connect with you? What, what is the best way of getting in touch? Yeah, sure. Um, just shoot me a note at alex at branch.io. Um, I'm happy to help with, um, you know, if you're thinking about fundraising, if you're working on a product and you want some feedback, uh, I'm, I'm stupidly busy, but I really have a soft spot in my heart for entrepreneurs wanting to build big businesses. And um, I do want to try to make as much time as I can to help. So feel free to send me an email, alex at branch.io. Well, Alex, thank you so much for sharing your awesome journey. All the best with uh, Branch and the next level of growth. And uh, we'll definitely uh, make, get, get you back on to talk about your uh, your fundraising and uh, how it's gone. So thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs>